It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Introducing Built to Last, a new podcast by American Express. I'm Elaine Welteroff, and I'm excited to host the debut season where we will be deep diving into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Through these important conversations, we'll hear how the Black business leaders of our past have inspired today's Black-owned small businesses and communities. Join us for the debut season of Built to Last on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm James Rapine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Monday. A lot to discuss today. You're going to hear from defensive coordinator Terrell Austin. You're going to hear... From Jesse Bates, who's the new starting safety for the Bengals, you're also going to hear from Jay Kirkpatrick on what was an interesting turn of events at Paul Brown Stadium when the Bengals opted to uh, let go and release George Iloka going into his seventh year, was going into his seventh year with the Bengals, and they did that yesterday. So I will discuss that. I will discuss my takeaways from what I saw on Saturday night. Joe Goodberry of The Athletic will be joining us on this podcast tomorrow and by the way if you're looking to to subscribe to joe's work i have a promo code for you for 40 percent off and and it's something that isn't going to run forever and it's something that i think if you're going to use uh the athletic which obviously i'm a big fan of the athletic and i'm a big fan of joe and uh they hired uh, jay morrison as well on the bengals beat go to theathletic.com slash locked on Bengals. We've partnered up with The Athletic to get you an even better discount. I want you guys to have that access. I love our website, LockedOnBengals.com. I love doing the podcast. The Athletic is different. It's unique. And uh, I want you to have that access as well. So 40% off um, a first-year subscription, which is uh, a really good deal. It's less than a, a morning coffee per month. And uh, all you got to do is go to TheAthletic.com slash locked on Bengals. But let's, uh, let's dive into it here. Because it, it was unforeseen for a lot of you. A lot of you didn't see it coming, and I totally understand it. But the reality was is I had heard this uh, for months. I, I had heard it for months. And if you have listened on this podcast, I think you'll remember back when the Eric Reed, when they were flirting with Eric Reed, I said, hey, it's Iloka. Iloka's the guy. And it, it was the one they'd move on from. And when I first heard it, I was shocked like a lot of fans were yesterday. But the reality was is George Iloka was a guy who defensive coordinator Terrell Austin didn't feel like could make plays on the ball. That's that's the reality of it. Now, he might not come out and say that exactly. That might not be exactly um, what you think. I know there's been – and I want to shut this down, um, and you're entitled to your opinion. But this idea that the Bengals didn't like the social media side of, uh, of George Iloka and that's why, stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Months ago, literally, this isn't, oh, in August we decided to do this. They were thinking about this for six months, seven months. After Terrell Austin reviewed the film, George Iloka, and it's simple, it's easy to see why. What has Terrell Austin talked about? For months, turnovers. What did George Iloka not do last year? Force turnovers. A play that stands out to me, the the Pittsburgh game, in which the, the Bengals were up, was it 17 nothing at one point? And they should have won. The game that ended really ugly, and George Iloka actually had a huge hit on Antonio Brown and ended up getting suspended a game for it. But that game, I think, is a big reason why George Iloka might not have his job right now. A ball that was easily picked. 
hits him in the face mask. And if you remember that, it hits him in the face mask. He could have intercepted it. And if he intercepts that, the Bengals win the game. Instead, he doesn't. The Steelers get another chance. And there you go. Steelers end up winning the game. And that's just one of the many plays that could have dictated and changed the game. But Terrell Austin is looking for guys that makes plays. Playmakers. Ball hawks. What has been the theme? What have you heard for months and months and months? All of those things. And while I like George Iloka for a variety of reasons, I enjoyed talking with him in the locker room about The Walking Dead. I enjoyed talking with him about cooking and and his engagement video or his proposal. All of the different things. Like, he's a really good dude, and he's a really good player in the league, and he's going to end up somewhere. I know the Raiders are already interested. I wouldn't be surprised if there were a bunch of other teams interested. I tweeted those out at James Erpine. But the reality of it is he did not fit what the Bengals wanted to do, especially with the contract he had. Safety market much different than it was a couple of years ago when he signed that five-year $30 million deal. Safety market is much different. And so that's why I think we've seen the the last, and, and that's why we've seen George Iloka, and he's out the door now. Didn't fit. They wanted a playmaker. They got to see Jesse Bates. They liked him. All right, then. Now, if they ended up signing Eric Reed, this would have happened much sooner. If they would have signed Kurt Coleman and they tried to go, they were going after hard after Kurt Coleman, former safety of the Panthers who ended up signing with New Orleans. If they would have signed him, this would have happened months ago. I know that. uh, I've been told that by multiple sources. I'll put it that way. So if that's the case, don't make this about what's on social media. The Bengals wanted a certain type of safety, ball hawk opposite Sean Williams. That's the reality of it. They like Sean Williams. He's around the ball a lot. They think he'll be able to make plays. They wanted a guy who could go up and get it, a guy who could make plays on the back end, and what they were worried about with Jesse Bates, could he tackle or not? So they kept Iloka around. They wanted to see Bates. They think he could tackle, and that is the reality of it. I hate to be the bear of whatever news. I I get it. There's some people, oh, man, Mike Brown asked Eric Reed if he's going to kneel or not during the anthem. He's got it. This is it, too. He didn't like what George Iloka was posting on social media. The Bengals dealt with Chad Ochocinco on Twitter. Think they're worried about what George Iloka is saying on Twitter? I'm serious about that. Like that, I don't think that played a factor in it at all. George Iloka, it's not like he's like this crazy. He's got 37,000 followers on Twitter, which is awesome, much more than me. But let's be real here. Wasn't changing the world with what he tweets. Wasn't talking to three million people like Chad did. Uh, so to me, no, I don't think it's an issue, one bit. Um, I, I think that the reality was is, if Iloka had five interceptions last year, he'd still be here. If Iloka was seen as a ball hawk and fit the description of what Terrell Austin wanted, and, and what this defense wanted to change itself into, and mold itself into then not only would he still be here, but they wouldn't have entertained the idea of going after Kurt Coleman or Eric Reed. They wouldn't entertain the idea of drafting a safety in the second round. But the reality is when you have a pass rush like the Bengals do on on paper, potentially, you're going to have to do that. You're you're going to have to get guys that can make plays because quarterbacks are going to be under pressure. They're going to get rid of the ball and they're going to make mistakes. And what you need to do as a defensive back on this defense is make said play especially after watching that first-team offense. They're going to need the defense to step up some, aren't they, going into this season. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast.
Jesse Bates talked with me, talked with other reporters earlier today in the Bengals locker room. Here is the rookie on Iloka being released, on him potentially getting the starting job and more. It was very surprising. Um, you know, George is a good guy, and uh, I was in the training room when I heard the news. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing. Um, but I, I know that guy has different plans for George, and uh, he's a, he was a great leader for us. Um, even better man. So, I mean, I, I like what he did for me for my transition as making this transition as a rookie. Um, I got a lot of respect for him. I know it's tough when any guy loses his job, but do you feel any sense of confidence that, uh, confidence that this team has in you now with, you know, kind of spotlights on you now? Um, I think I got the same mindset. I think going into this thing, uh, I just wanted to come in and, and, you know, gain the respect and gain the trust of my coaches and my players. Um, so that, that'll help us as a defense and as a team. So um, I think this is kind of a confidence boost. Um, but, I mean, anything, I mean, anything can happen still and, you know, nothing's going to be given. Hey Jesse, it also comes with maybe a little more pressure. They expect you to step in and start week one. Is there more pressure on you now, do you think? Um, I wouldn't say more pressure. Um, like I said, I still got the same mindset. Um, I know I have older guys I can lean on still in this locker room, um, but we're definitely going to have to uh, fill the shoes for George. Obviously, you've shown the coaches something here in the preseason and also in the offseason training. What do you think you've shown them that they have this kind of confidence in you? Um, I think just coming in and just being able to use my football IQ and, um, you know, being able to just learn all the playbook and, you know, being able to, which translates to me playing fast on the field. Um, I don't think that decision was just based on me playing well. I think it was um, some other reasons as well. So um, I just, you know, I'm thankful for the opportunity. What did you learn from George? Um, I mean, coming in, you know, you, you kind of, come in as a rookie, you go through a rookie mini camp and, you know, you learn the, the base of the defense, um, and then you, you get thrown in with the older guys. And, you know, a lot of guys, they kind of, you know, they, they kind of, like, get over overwhelmed with the playbook. And, you know, you got George, who who isn't just a football player. He's an actual coach on the field as well. Um, he did a good job of, you know, helping me with corrections, you know, more in depth because, I mean, the coaches can tell you as much as possible. I mean, they can tell you everything. But, you know, once you get it from the player's perspective, um, I think that helps a lot more. Dre talked about you uh, making coverage calls on, on Saturday and, and the confidence he has in you. Um, how confident are you in that because you haven't done it at this level for very long? Um, I mean, I think it's the same thing as college, man. I, I feel like if I know my playbook and um, I'm very confident in my in my calls and, you know, I'm a rookie, but I have to play like an older guy. Has that been something you've had to kind of think about more in the last couple of days, the last day and a half, about – asserting yourself, taking that step to play like an older guy and can't play like a rookie because this team has plans to do big things and they're relying on you now? Um, I think first week of training camp when I was getting thrown in with the ones, uh, that's when the mindset kind of got thrown in at me. Um, I mean, whether I was running with the ones or twos, I have to act like an older guy. And, I mean, that's anyone for in this locker room. Um, I think the expectation is very high for us. Why is this next preseason game important for you personally and this team? Um, well, we're actually going to game plan this game, so I think this will be huge to see what guys can, you know, translate what the coaches, um, you know, put in the game plan and translate it to the field. So I think that'll be a big thing for us um, leading in to going into the regular season. How'd you feel about the way things went Saturday night for you personally? Uh, I, felt, I felt really good about it. Um, I felt like I came in there. Um, my boy, Ross Smith, he tried to run me over in the open field, but uh, 
I think that was pretty cool, um, playing against my boys from back at home. Um, you know, getting in there, get my feet wet, and just continue to get experience um, to, you know, hopefully contribute this year. I mean, the whole talk when they drafted you is the ball skills, ball hawking and all that. Do you think the run support is an underrated part of your game? Yeah, I haven't been able to show the ball skills and stuff like that yet. So um, I think one of the focus I've been focusing on throughout the offseason is my tackling. Um, you know, I think that's something that everyone um, kind of downplayed me as a safety coming out. I think that my tackling um, in college wasn't as good. So, you know, continue to work on that. I think that was a big part of uh, Saturday for me. Dre talked about your uh, your ability to recognize, diagnose, and communicate a call. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was a big thing with George. George was real smart that way. Do you feel like a responsibility to hold up your end of the bargain in that? Yeah, like I said, my football IQ, I think I'm I'm pretty good with, um, you know, digesting the offenses and, you know, being able to learn the playbook. So, obviously, George knew a lot more than me. Uh, George is a seven-year vet. And, uh, he did a good job in this program. He left it better than he found it. So um, that's all you can ask from from, the, from that guy. And, you know, I'm sure everyone in this locker room is thankful for him. What do you think is the, um, the biggest thing now that you've been exposed a little bit to the NFL game, not a regular season game yet, but the speed of a preseason game? You played at a pretty, you know, high level of football collegiately. Is the speed of the game that big of a deal adjustment-wise to you? Um, to be honest, I haven't really seen it yet. Right. Um, that could change, um, but I mean, I, I think the old linemen are a lot faster um, in this game. But right. I think the skill players, I've been over top, and you know, I haven't really um, seen much change of the speed. I mean, this team hasn't started a, a rookie on defense in almost a decade for a season opener. Have you thought about? I mean, assuming that that's going to be your your role week one, have you thought about what the emotions are going to be like in that first game, just a couple hours from home? Um, I, like I said, the mindset of me, um, I, I don't think it's changed. I'm going to lean on the older guys because it's going to be my my first rookie uh, game, and I'm going back home. So, I mean, I'm very thankful for that. Um, and I, like I said, I'm not given anything yet. Um, I'm not given this starting position yet. Um, I still have to work for it, and I still have a lot of work to do. You know what Jesse Bates is, or, or who he's like, or who he reminds me of? And that's Jesse Bates in the Bengals locker room. And, and you might have hated that. You might have liked that. I wanted to give you an, an idea of, of what the new starting safety, free safety, is for the Bengals. Very even keel. Calm, cool, collected. That's instant. My instant reaction to him. It will not be too big for him being out there. Now, is he going to make mistakes? Yes. Is he going to have his mess-ups? Yes. But ultimately, it's not going to be too big for him, and that's my biggest takeaway for uh, Jesse Bates and and what it means. Tomorrow on the podcast, Joe Goodberry of The Athletic will join me. But up next, defensive defensive coordinator Terrell Austin on the Jesse Bates move and so much more. He met with reporters today. You'll hear all of it, plus Dre Kirkpatrick on what it means to see Iloka leave the Bengals. That, as we roll on, this is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? 
No, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with my bookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different, and that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car. That's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't want to do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash dellemc. Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is The First One. We hear from all the A-list music stars like Jay Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win, and the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. And so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. We want the best of both worlds. We want a hybrid. A smarter hybrid cloud approach with IBM helps retailers manage supply chains with Watson AI while predicting demands with ease. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. 
This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. Let's hear from Dre Kirkpatrick. Here is Dre on the Bengals deciding to release George Iloka. He was always in the right position. Uh, he was always a great communicator. Uh, and most importantly, he was, a, he was a great friend of mine. You know, we came in together. We started this journey together. And this one, you know, this this one kind of bothered me a little bit, you know, because of uh, how close we was and uh, the friendship that we've gained over the years of being together. Uh, but like I said, man, it's a business. Uh, I got to respect the team for how they did it. Uh, they gave my opportunity to still be able to get another job, you know, and uh, at the end of the day, I feel like it's a sign of love and uh, respect. What you learned most from him, either on or off the field? What was the biggest thing you learned from George Uh Consistency. You know, he, he stuck with uh, the things that he did to get himself ready. Uh, the guy worked out every day. Uh, you know, he didn't take days off. He didn't take plays off. He was always ready, you know. Um, and somebody's going to get a great leader, man. Somebody's going to get a great person um, and a great football player in Georgia. What was the emotional reaction when you found out yesterday? Uh, I'm not going to say disappointing, you know, because, like I said, it's a business. But, you know, I was... That bothered me a little bit, you know. Um, but um, at this at this time, I just wish them the best, you know. Because I was telling some of the guys, man, everybody had their day, you know. Um, so you just got to make sure you're ready, you know. When every when, when it does settle, you can still be able to stand back up, and um, hopefully you have everything in line and uh, be successful wherever you end up. Do you think? Uh, do you think you guys got enough here to replace him? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I truly believe in Jesse if that's where we're going with it. Uh, like I said, we don't really know. Uh, they haven't made it official to us yet, but common sense will tell you that's where it's going. And uh, I believe in Jesse, man. Just watching the guy on film, uh, he's popping out. You know, he's all over the film, uh, made great plays. Uh, Saturday night, uh, he was all over the field. He was communicating. Uh, we was doing some great things. And, uh, you know, but that's where we at right now. So that's what we got to put our trust and belief in. Better guys like Brandon, better guys like George or like Joe. Does it kind of send a jolt through the room a little bit? Say it again. When guys like Brandon, a veteran guy, LaFell, mm-hmm. veteran guy like George or like Joe, does it kind of send a jolt through the room? Does it kind of get everybody's attention? Uh, I don't think those moves was attention moves. I don't think those moves were moves where more so disciplinary type moves where guys need to wake up and nah. I just feel like, you know, uh, those was moves that the team felt like need to be done. That was the best move for the team. Um, you know, uh, LaFell's situation, I don't really know. I'm not in his room. But George's situation, uh, I, could, I could say, you know, uh, the team did what they felt best. And we got to go with the, uh, the guys that's in the room. And everybody got to be ready to go. How surprised were you when you saw the miss? I was very surprised, man. Like I said, uh this one came out of nowhere for me. Uh, I didn't see this one. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a real shocker. But at the end of the day, man, the team got to do its best for the team. Jesse was saying that uh, the, last week he said if the veterans had a pitch about them, it was got to talk, got to be more vocal, got to be louder. Uh, I guess that's something, you know, I don't know if guys like you hop on that with them or if that's more of a Sean thing. or. Uh... Uh, I just feel like that's... Everybody thing. Everybody needs to be able to communicate. Everybody needs to be vocal. Uh, guys need to step out of their shells and, um, you know, follow suit. 
but the guy communicated perfectly with me in the game. You know, he was giving me my reads, uh, giving me my calls and things like that. I didn't have an issue with him. So, um, you know, I don't, you have to ask him where he's going with that. That's Dre Kirkpatrick, who met with the media earlier today at Paul Brown Stadium. By the way, tomorrow on the podcast, we will do a full recap of what happened on Saturday night. But with this George Iloka news, I wanted to cover it from every single angle. And uh, on today's podcast, I felt like it was key to hear from Jesse Bates, who's kind of the the heir to the throne, right? Dre Kirkpatrick, a guy who's now one of the older veterans in that secondary. And then on the other side of things, the coordinator, Terrell Austin. What was he thinking with this moves? What was his mindset? Plus, he was asked about Andrew Billings and more. There, there's some good stuff, good nuggets in here about the defense on what happened Saturday night as well. Terrell Austin met with the media earlier today. I even snuck in a question, but th- this is Dave Lapham. This is Paul Daner Jr. This is um, a-, a bunch of different Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com, myself, Catherine Terrell, ESPN, Jay Morrison, The Athletic. I mean, there's so many people here uh, asking him questions, but it's a big scrum, but uh, I think it's Interesting stuff on the Bengals defense. Here's uh, Bengals defensive coordinator Terrell Austin in his media session with us earlier today at Paul Brown Stadium. Well, I think, um, you know, upstairs they, they obviously made decisions that we think are best for the football team. Uh, and uh, I'll start this out by saying George is a true professional, really good worker, great guy, great teammate. Um, but we also, I think in the long-term interest, we, we really uh, feel really good where we are with our, our young safeties moving along that way. And so I think that's uh, overall why it, why it was made. What have you seen specifically from Jesse that, that you really like and, and like moving forward? Well, I think when we uh, watched him coming out, we knew he had really good movement, really good range, uh, got around the ball. Biggest issue I thought was, you know, how is he going to tackle in our league? And, and he's shown, I think, a willingness to tackle. He's been a really solid tackler really good angles getting getting guys down and so I think that was the <clears throat> the one question we needed answered when you look at George football IQ as strong as anybody like a mm-hmm. coach in the field kind of guy Bates seems to be cut from that cloth I mean he's smart as hell and is mm-hmm. he even though he's a young guy a lot of trust you have in him and enable to call make the calls and all that absolutely he's going to grow he's going to make some mistakes he's going to as, as all young guys do they're going to have some some questions and they're going to have some bad plays it's going to happen but I think when you look at the uh, when you look at his upside and his ceiling I really think he's got a chance to be a a really good player and and help us uh, in terms of turning the ball over uh, being a guy out there uh, as a field general and getting everything lined up because I think he is really bright he's got he's kind of kind of got a rep as if you talk to people who've been around him he's got a rep as kind of being a film a film junkie junkie guy have you found him to be a guy who's a studier or a guy that uh, I, I think uh, what happens uh, you, you don't you know obviously I don't see him studying but yeah. you know guys that study because when they come out they're not making uh, a ton of mistakes or if they make mistakes they, they figure out how to fix them the next time and I think that's uh, one of the things with him he's been able to fix some mistakes that he's made and, and I think that'll be his uh, strength moving forward you, you repped him a lot with Sean and then with George with the ones, how important was it to see him kind of interact with, with, with that first unit at times, both in camp and in, in some of the games in the preseason games? Well, I think it was important because we were evaluating, uh, you know, what was best with those guys and how fast we could bring them along. And if he was up to the challenge, uh, we know George and we know Sean are NFL players, NFL safeties have 
played a lot of games in this league, and we wanted to see how he would react playing against good guys, being in there with the first group, being able to communicate and earn the trust of his teammates. What about uh, the defense in general, their performance against Dallas, run the ball pretty well? It looked like the run fits were pretty solid. Yeah, we had a, I think in the first half we had one misfit on the run. But other than that, I thought our guys were really stout against the run. We were, we were really uh, uh, doing a good job in terms of holding the edge and keeping the ball inside and, and tackling. And that's, that's as good as a, uh, of an offensive line as we'll see all year. And so I was excited about that part of it. And now we just got to continue to build on it because run defense is an area we must improve. How much does Billings, being as disruptive as he was in that game, change you know, how good you can be on run defense. So he, that's kind of a, a key to the whole thing, right? Absolutely. I thought uh, Billy played really well. Uh, I don't even know what day it is, Saturday. Um, <laughs> I thought he played really well, was really disruptive, was able to, to move in there uh, and get penetration. He was able to hold on to double teams and, and keep our linebackers clear. So I thought he played a really good uh, a really good uh, amount of snaps. I think he played maybe 20-something snaps, and, and, and they were really productive, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And that's good for That's big for us because we know what Geno's going to do. We know what that three technique's going to do, and, and having the uh, the nose next to him play well like that, that that's, that's problems for people. It's kind of a continuation of his whole camp, right? It seems like he's been like that since day one of camp out there, and in the first game it's, he's, he seems to have really turned a corner. Yeah, he has. He's worked really hard, and I think he's – uh, one of the things with big guys like him is if you can keep their uh, the weight steady and under control, he's able to move. Um, and, and that's the big thing. I know I've talked to him about it, and he's done a really good job of, of being disciplined with his weight and keeping it kind of in the area that we need it because that's where we feel he's effective and it's showing up. Your, your scheme, though, I mean, when, when you make the call that dictates the penetration, Okoye was doing it too. I mean, Okoye mm -hmm. kicked their ass a few times and got yeah. penetration as well. So, I mean, it's having the right players fit what you want done, right? Absolutely. I think you do. You want to have guys that can do it. You're asking them to do it. And uh, both those guys can. But I, I was really uh, I was really excited about Billy. I thought he right. played really well. Right. You, you lose 76 stats with, with George, but it seems like, you know, you just look at that 16 draft clash. You get Jackson, you get Vigil, you get, you get Billings. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you seem to have, you know, you seems to be guys who are about ready to take a, take a leap, it seems like. They should, I think. Most guys in the second, third year, you're, you're really trying to find out what – you really should have a really good idea what kind of player you're going to have. And I think those guys are really uh, improving. Obviously, you mentioned Billy and uh, and then Nick. You watch Nick run around and Jordan Evans. We've got some young guys in there that are really running. I think that's good for us because I think we've uh, – when you look at us, we've improved our team speed, uh, which nowadays with teams trying to spread you out and still run the ball, you got to have guys that are stout but also can run. And I think uh, that's one thing that you'll notice with our guys. I thought we ran really, really well. You watch Preston Brown, who's a 260-pound guy. Now, he's not young. He's in his fifth year. But you watch him run around and chase the ball. I mean, uh, it was impressive. He's only 25. Uh, he's still five years. He's got a lot of wear and tear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like LeBron, a lot of, lot of, lot of yeah. wear and tear. A lot of snaps. A lot of snaps. Yeah. All those young guys that Butch was talking about, you had – that rookie year to kind of ease in. How much pressure do you think there's going to be on Jesse to, assuming he is out there as the starter day one? Well, there's there's pressure on all of us, uh, and I think <clears throat> he'll handle. I don't think uh, the nice thing about the kid is I think it's just you know it's just football to him, and so all the other stuff really doesn't matter. And you know that's what you look for, especially in the first like even in the first preseason game when he had an opportunity to get in there. You know, it wasn't like it was anything different. It wasn't to, in his mind. I'm just playing football like I've been playing all my life. 
and I thought he handled it well. So I don't think there'll be any difference as we move forward. There'll be some times where maybe he's, you know, he'll be maybe a little inconsistent like some rookies are, but I think he'll handle that and, and, and adapt. So you, when your experiences you've had with him from a personality standpoint, he looks real cool, calm, composed. It's like the old duck. You don't see the you know feet under the water. On top, it looks like not much is happening. Is is he like that all the time? Is he kind of like very steady, Eddie, composed kind of guy all the time? He is. He's he's he's, you know, he's there. He's you could tell he's paying attention. Uh, he's not a guy that does a lot of whole joke, joke, a lot of joking around, and a lot of playing around. Right, uh, right. You know, sometimes you'll see guys that do that because they're kind of a little bit uh, trying to don't quite know, yeah, yeah, I don't know quite know what I'm doing, but I, you know, but right. he's he's serious about everything he's doing, and. Uh, and then, uh, so I think that'll be, uh, and that's good for him in terms of how we'll handle things. And I think he'll he'll stay off the roller coaster uh, because, as you guys know, the this season can be a roller coaster. And if you start riding it like that, you, you know your performances are going to suffer. But I think he'll be able to fight through the ups and downs and, and keep it pretty steady. It seems like he's uh, won the veterans over in that room. Although you know they're young. I mean, Dre's the oldest guy in the room, but the guys that have had some experience. They seem to respect what he can do, you know, intellectually and with his football mind. And I mean, he's kind of won them over, hasn't he? It seems like. I think so. I think, I think what wins the veterans over when young guys come in and keep their mouth shut and they work, and that's what he's done. And he's he's a guy that figures into that uh, team speed thing. He gives you he gives you a boost team speed. Wise. Absolutely, he run. He can run and he can cover some ground. He's got he's got tremendous ball skills. So he's got. Uh, Someone really haven't seen that coach yet. Really, his ball school. We haven't really, you know. Yeah. I mean, is that is that? Do you think that's more of a product of? It's not a hell of a lot to show, or do you think there's? Uh, well, it, they'll they'll show up. I think eventually, what happens is uh, when the opportunities present themselves, they won't be missed. That's what we're looking for. A guy that won't miss them, and and and, and guys back there that can take advantage of. Them. And that's all over the defense. We got to have guys that turn the ball over because we want to give our offense as many opportunities as possible. And keep the other team out of the out of the end zone, and give our offense as many opportunities as possible. He and Quez almost had that one the other night. I guess they kind of. Yeah, they both jumped up there. <laughs> <laughs> you, your your mindset as a coordinator, um, do you how much how much um, liberty do you give your safeties? Saying, all right, this guy understands. I'm going to let him make a call. I'm not, I might not necessarily agree with the call he made, but hell, they went out and they executed. I mean, what's your mindset as a coach on, on that kind of stuff? My mindset is, hey, I want you guys to do it how we've worked on it all week. And then sometimes uh, we are out, what I'll tell our guys, and usually it's the veteran guys who've been around and have been in situations, if if they make another call, because, you know, like anything, you have a toolbox. Sure. You've got, you got other ways to do it. Sure. And if they make the call, then they, that's their business decision. So right. if it works, it's great. If not, then you got to answer. you got held to pay. And, yeah, you're, you're held accountable. Right. And so I think one of the things we talk to our guys about is, you know, we want you – to have responsibility for what you do and accountability for what you do because then they'll take ownership in the defense. If they don't have, you know, if, if, if we're holding them accountable but we don't give them any responsibility or if we're holding them responsible and don't give them any accountability, it, it doesn't work. And so we try to give them both of that. And we treat, try to treat them like men with the idea that, hey, we're all, we all can think. We all, you know, we all might not see it the same, you know. So, <coughs> so we want to make sure, hey, listen, this is how we want to do it. If you do something different, okay, hey, you're – Mm-hmm. But but I, I like to talk to our guys. Hey, it's your defense. I, I'm not playing. I, I'm, I'm slow and I'm old and probably get hurt if I was running down the hallway. So, uh, but but I want you guys to take responsibility for what you do and be accountable for what you do. And, and they have. They've done a good job. And we've had some situations where they didn't make the calls we want. And you say, hey, why didn't you do that? Well, I, I saw this and blah blah blah. And right. you say, okay, okay. Right. Hey, if it worked, 
okay, but here's how we want you to do it. We still think this works. This or we say, hey, listen, way, maybe right. this is the best. Right. Maybe that what you did is the best way for you guys when right. you're out there, and that's how we'll do it. So. Right. Just Talk a about couple more because I, I do have to let him get back to work. So you, you talked about Jesse, how good he's been at tackling. It looks like it's been good across the board. I, I mean, mm -hmm. it's easy to say that's what we expect of these guys, but because you've done it so little in, in camp, is, are you surprised at all that it, at where it's at now? No, I'm, 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 I never take tackling for granted because it, it is a, it's a lost art. And so I thought one of the things we've done, you know, even though we couldn't tackle, we spent a lot of time technique-wise in terms of making sure same foot, same shoulder, getting in the, in the proper positions, getting in proper angles. And we spent a lot of time of that in the OTAs and in camp. And so it's nice to see that that's, that's paying off right now. Did Henderson show you anything? Uh, you know, dinged up a little bit the way he went in there immediately. You know, get in the mix. I mean, he you just, know, he's he's somebody. He's uh, yeah. He, as a young guy, he's somebody. Every time you put him in, he shows up. Right. And right. that's that, that's that's good. And so I'm I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what the next couple weeks holds for him because I think he's, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that kind of you don't really know about, and then all of a sudden he just keeps showing up and mm -hmm. making a play here, making a play there, and you, you can't discount that. Runs so. pretty well. Yeah. How does your approach change? Kind of relying on a rookie like Jesse versus coaching a guy like George. Approach doesn't change at all. No, we're playing ball. You know, we're out there to win the game and, and do what we have to do to win as many games as we can. And he's got to be a part of that. And if not, then 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 we'll have someone else that'll be able to step in there and do it. But that's really what we're doing. We're not going to hold him to any less standard than we would hold anybody else. Is Wilson a guy that can play both corner and safety, or is he purely a safety? I think he's more of a safety. He's uh, he can really run straight line and he's got some pretty good ball skills. But I, I think he's more of a safety. Is Josh the only guy that can really do both? He's the only guy that does both right now. Yeah. Well, you didn't watch. We had the mock game. Clayton Fedulin was out there playing corner. Yeah. See, you don't, you're not paying attention. To you, <laughs> you, you you missed that one. You did, didn't you? Yes, I did. Go back. It's probably in the notes. You got to go back. It, and it is. Notes. So no, it's. Uh, you know, right now Josh is the only one, and really Josh has just been playing safety and nickel. Right. So, yeah. um, but I had one of my best nickels I ever had play for me was a safety in Entrell role. So uh, that's a, you know, that's a unique thing because you got a guy like that. Usually they're big and they can tackle, which is which is good for him in, a, in that slot area. So. That's Terrell Austin. He met with the Bengals uh, media, including myself and others. That's the uh, Bengals defensive coordinator. I think he's excited about the guy they got. By the way, we have a voicemail. I forgot to mention this, but thanks to everyone who chimed in. We're going to use it this week, I promise. Voicemail number, if you want to call in on the Locked On Bengals voicemail, simple, 513-666. Hey, it's Google Voice, not me. 513-666-0328, and you can leave uh, your thoughts on the Bengals. I'll either transcribe them and put them on the website or play them on the podcast. I hope to play as many as I can on the podcast here on Locked on Bengals. I got about 10 voicemails already. We'll get them, and we are going to use them this week. It's going to happen. It's just with this Iloka news, um, with Joe Goodberry, who I'm trying to hopefully get on the show tomorrow. It sounds like it was going to happen. It was going to happen today. Didn't work out for his schedule, so I think tomorrow. But uh, we will get to your voicemails as well and do that throughout the season. So thanks to all who called in. If not, save it. T put it in your phone right now. 513 666 0328. Leave a voicemail. That way, when the Bengals win or lose on Sundays, you can react to it and get mentioned on the podcast. I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for listening today. Until tomorrow, this has been the Locked On Bengals Podcast. 
Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.